Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Welcome to another edition of the Insurgents Podcast. Today's episode is going to mark the end of a season. Today is June 30th, 2020. And we're going to put the podcast on pause until January 2021. Therefore, stay subscribed so you do not miss the podcast when it resumes. In fact, this six-month sabbatical will give you time to do five things. Number one, listen to all previous 74 episodes. And I've said this numerous times, but each episode builds on the other and they all interweave. Two, re-engage some of the episodes that move the needle in your life. Remember the drip-drip effect that I've written and spoken about. Three, recommend the podcast to your friends so they too can benefit. That is, of course, if you find it valuable. Four, if you haven't yet read the book Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, you may want to consider doing that so that when we resume the podcast, you will have the background in the book. And it often goes on sale on Amazon.com. In fact, I just saw it yesterday on sale for Amazon Prime members almost $6 off. Five, check out the Christ is All podcast. That was my first podcast. There are over 125 episodes on it with over 1.5 million downloads. And it's an eclectic mix of conference messages, monologues, interviews, first book chapters, and comical sketches. That said, we're going to break today's episode up into two segments. In the first segment, I will be answering your questions that you have sent in about the gospel of the kingdom. In the second segment, Jeffrey, a.k.a. Denzel, will be joining me to answer some closing questions. So here we go. Today's episode is entitled, You Cannot Serve Two Masters. That's a statement that Jesus made in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters, or either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon there is referring to money, but you can put anything else in there. Jesus clearly said you cannot serve two masters. You're going to have to make a choice. And we talked about the implications of that in the 73rd episode on nationalism, globalism, and the kingdom of God, as well as many other episodes dealing with different issues. Let's dig into the questions. I've been so impacted by your book, Insurgents, it devastated me in many ways. How can I spread the insurgents to my friends so they too can be impacted? It's a great question, and I appreciate it very much. You can go to my blog, 
frankviola.org, and there is an article called Five Ways to Spread the Insurgents. We're going to put it in the show notes to this episode. I'm under the impression that every podcast app has the show notes with the links except for YouTube. But instead of repeating what I said there, I would just recommend you go ahead and read it. It's a short article, but it's intensely practical. Next question. I live in, and he names the city and the state, can you come to my home and preach on the gospel of the kingdom and help me form a kingdom cell? I can fill my house with people to hear you. Well, again, I appreciate the kind invitation and the sentiment, but it's just not possible for me to take such requests as that's all I would be doing with my time traveling all over the world and establishing kingdom cells. And that is not my calling. My calling is to put into the world and into your hands tools so that people like yourself can form your own kingdom cell where you live. Now, in the future, God willing, I will be re-engaging, working with kingdom communities and even raising them up. But in terms of a kingdom cell, which only requires two people, minimum, That's something that you can do where you live. Also, we don't have a directory of kingdom cells. Some people have asked me, I live in such and such city and state. Where is a kingdom cell near me? Well, kingdom cells aren't like churches, folks. This is something designed for you to begin yourself. And in the show notes, I have an article which is on my blog, How to Form a Kingdom Cell Where You Live. Very, very practical. So I recommend you read that and put it into action. Next question. Do you think the insurgence is going to spread to where it becomes a big movement like promise keepers or will it remain within a remnant? Well, first, God is God. What happens with the insurgents is in his hands. I'm not trying to start a movement. I'm simply seeking to be faithful in getting the message out in every way I can, whether it's books, podcasts, YouTube videos, blogs, live events, etc. I cannot tell you how deep this message runs in me, the gospel of the kingdom. If I had a guess, I think it will be a remnant since it's always been that way historically. But that doesn't mean it will be tiny. For instance, right now there are Christian conferences going on in the USA that are drawing 5,000 to 10,000 people. I don't envision a conference on the gospel of the kingdom ever drawing that many people. While it's possible, I would not bet on it. The gospel of the kingdom has never been popular, even in Jesus' day, even in Paul's day. It's just too costly. However, having said that, the insurgence is increasing every day. And one of the ways that you can spread it is by doing the 15-day challenge which we talked about in episode 68. Next question. What is the primary difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of salvation? Well, I addressed this question in the book, but they are the same gospel. The gospel of the kingdom, when we use that term, stresses the kingship of Jesus and its massive implications on our deliverance from the totality of the world system, our complete allegiance to Christ, and our devotion to his kingdom community, which is an alternative civilization on this earth. The phrase, the gospel of salvation, emphasizes the Lord's deliverance from the world, the flesh, the grip of the devil, and God's judgment. They are two sides of the same incredible gospel message. 
But again, this gospel is rarely preached today. I know I have a full chapter in Insurgents that gives every name for the gospel, and they're all synonyms for the same message. There were not two gospels, three gospels, four gospels. There is only one gospel in the New Testament that carries with it different names to describe different aspects of it. Next question. I just finished your kingdom book, and it's given me a personal revival. I'd like to invite you to speak on the gospel of the kingdom at our conference next year. How do I go about doing that? Very simply, go to my blog, frankviola.org. You will see in the top menu the speaking page. Just click on that, and you'll have all the information. If you want to go there directly, it's frankviola.org forward slash events, E-V-E-N-T-S. I'm 32 years old, and I can't tell you how much your work has transformed me and my wife. We'll be forever grateful. I just wish I found you when I was in my 20s. I'd like to help you get your message out. So what do you need exactly to reach more people like me who haven't heard of your work? I'd also like to know what concerns you the most. Well, I appreciate this very much because the kingdom message is right now being spread to many 20s and 30s. But I will break my answer up into two parts which correspond to your question. First, what concerns me the most? The fact that most Christian leaders refuse to work with each other and the most gifted speakers of our day are rarely invited to speak in the largest conferences. I wrote about this in Why Christian Leaders Don't Work Together. It's an article on the blog. We also discussed it in a podcast episode entitled Co-Working in the Kingdom, number 46. And the key to that is to actually contact the conference hosts. But that is a concern because the gospel of the kingdom requires co-laboring and co-working. And that brings me to the next concern, the importance and need for a ministry team. I have given my vision on this in an article in the show notes on a ministry dream team. Now, for whatever reason, lots of people have read the first part of that article, but they never went to the end of it, which explains how to use the article and the criteria. The article is a tool to be spread to specific people. The other concern is the fact that older servants of God refuse to pass the torch on. And so very few younger people who are called of the Lord are not looking for older mentors from whom they can take the torch. And I'm not speaking about going to seminary or Bible college. I'm talking about something completely different. And I've written about it in an article called Passing the Torch, which will be in the show notes. In terms of spreading the message to your peers, just like anything else that you're passionate about, that you remark on, that you share with your friends on social media, in person, via phone, text, however you do it, that's the key. If we do not share that which has ignited us, it ends up dying with us. So this is why it's so important to spread the message. And I really appreciate your sentiment because my eye is on the next generation. Well, as promised in the beginning of this episode, I now have Denzel on the line. How you doing, Denzel? 
Hey, good morning, insurgents. How's everybody doing? And you know what? I love the line I had on our last conversation. Be careful what you ask for, because when you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud as well. Classic Denzel quote. <laughs> Jeffrey, I have gotten lots and lots of feedback on the episode we did on the gospel of the kingdom versus nationalism and globalism. That was episode 73. Many people said it changed their perspective, changed their mind, clarified things, uh, things they never thought about. In fact, I got one email from a young woman saying, how come no other Christian leaders are talking about this? Wow. I received a lot of feedback too. What I found was a pleasant surprise. People would send me, you know, a message or email or text. And I'll just quote this one without saying their names. They said, Brother Jeff, we didn't realize that we had one foot in the political world and one foot in the kingdom of God, but didn't even realize it. You know, I responded back to them. Yeah, this is digging deeper into me. I can see where I have to be mindful of what side I might lean towards and really monitor and allow the Holy Spirit to kind of like monitor me. There's a saying that I got from guys when I used to serve at, at the rescue mission and uh, some guys on the street, people that have been in prison, they'll say, uh, don't let anybody knock you off your square. Like if you're on the tile floor and you're standing there, don't get moved off your square. And I said to them, I said, you know, sometimes I get knocked off my square, but I'm seeing that I recognize it quicker than what I did before. And then I, I repent, you know, and I get back on my square again. So, yeah, I, I got that, too. For, and I got that from both sides, the conservative right, the progressive left. And to me, that was very encouraging because the gospel, the kingdom of God should shine that light into our hearts mm -hmm. and illuminate us. The first time I think I heard this example, you know, you used it in a book. You'll say that, like, when it's like the hand, it's like condemnation because it's kind of general. But when it's the Holy Spirit, it's like the finger, yes. and it points at something specific. And that's what I got from everyone. They were saying something specific that was being highlighted or illuminated to them. And, and that's how that happens you know, with me too. And so that, that was really, really encouraging. And that was a blessing because that really had me feel like, you know, thank you, Lord, that by your grace, we were able to share something that was edification to the body of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's what I wanted to do. And I know that's in your heart is to see the body of Jesus Christ get edified and get built up. Yeah, amen. And it's interesting, too, that episode 73, and you remember offline we prayed about that specific episode because I had a feeling that it was going to be a landmark yeah. episode. And interestingly enough, it very quickly, within days, reached the top 20 of all of the episodes on this podcast, wow. meaning, you know, the top 20 downloads. And right now it's, I think it's number 15 or 16 of all the ones we have done, we've done 74 so far. This is the 75th, but 73 has moved very quickly, which means lots of people are sharing it. And that's the whole goal. We're putting these things out so that yeah. you can not only benefit from them yourself, but so that you can share them with others. Someone asked a question about episode 73. He wanted to know, it was a gentleman, where the link was so he could read the transcript of Watchman Nee's prayer. And the answer to that is the quote that I read 
the full quote is not in any link that I know of. I have a Xerox copy of the transcripts from that 1939 Keswick conference that I got from some source I don't even remember. May It, it may have been Rare Christian Books many, many years ago. Wow. Um, I have no idea, but uh, there is no link. I do, however, think that you can find the prayer not the commentary that I read before the prayer from the conference, but the actual prayer alone. I think it's in the biography of Watchman Nee oh, okay. against the tide. And I do believe that the prayer is there, not the other things that I had read leading up to the prayer. When you talk about being pushed off your square, it's very difficult to hold on to the message of the gospel of the kingdom if you're watching a lot of news. If you're watching a lot of news on television, if you're watching a lot of news online, if you're getting your news from social media, by virtue of social media posts, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, that's not much different than sitting down and watching cable network news because you're still getting input and you're being exposed by narratives mostly either from the conservative right or the progressive left. Those are mainly your two choices. So because of that, and because there's a lot of fury and a lot of passion, unless you're really, really, really clear on the gospel of the kingdom, and you're really, really clear on what the kingdom of God is and its message, it's easy to get sucked into the fury of either side. I tell you, the media has, by media, I mean all forms. I'm not just talking about one side, one network, one journal. I'm talking about every single piece of news, whether on social media or off it, it has the power to shape the mind. Yeah. And this is what I see happening. I see Christians getting sucked into their emotions. I see them getting sucked into the various narratives that are being given on either side. And what I'm not seeing a whole lot of is people preaching, declaring, proclaiming, sharing the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Uh, and I'm talking about on social media. And I hope that changes. I really do. I hope that changes. Jeffrey, you've done some study and research on this whole issue on where people are getting their news. Now, I have observed that if people are, say, over 40 years old, I'm speaking in generalities, yeah. people 40 and up typically get their news from television. Very often they'll watch cable news. So that's either CNN, MSNBC on the progressive left side or Fox News on the conservative right side. Those are the main networks. Uh, if you don't have cable news and you're getting it from ABC, NBC, etc., CBS, and those are usually all tilted toward the progressive left narrative. Talk about people who are under the age of 40s, particularly the 20s and 30s. Yeah, so you know, I'm in I'm in Philadelphia, and uh, back in March, mid March, when COVID was really hitting hard, especially in the uh, certain parts of the city, we started. I'm executive director of a community development corporation, and so we have a partnership with Temple University and Temple University Medical School. So ourselves and about 20 other organizations, we partnered together to how how we could help in the community. So one of the things that Temple was noticing, and everybody was noticing that, when they drove around the streets, people between the ages of like 13, 14 to uh, 35 uh, were not wearing masks. And the hospital and the medical school was really pushing that people needed to wear masks and they had to do social distancing. So they were like, we're not getting the message, you know, to this particular group. 
So there were a couple of principals from K to H school and high schools that were, you know, on the call. So they said, uh, let us reach out to a couple of our student leaders and bring them on the call. And let's try to find out, like, where are they getting their news from? Because wherever they're getting their news from, they're not getting this message. So, you know, these young people came on and they said that the number one place that they got their news was from Instagram. And the second place after Instagram was TikTok and Snapchat and another app, you know, I heard of. And I even went to corroborate by talking with my uh, 20-year-old son and my uh, 17-year-old daughter and my daughter, who's always on that. She was like, oh, yeah, daddy, that's, you know, I listen to you, but I get my stuff from there and I compare from Instagram. And so then we were like, okay, we see those things on Instagram. Who are they listening to? So without saying names, the people that they were listening to were uh, mostly people in the entertainment world. Mm -hmm. And some were sports figures. So right in Philadelphia, you know, there, you know, we have some entertainers and sports figures. We reached out to them and said, hey, can you go on your Instagram? Can you go on your TikTok, your Snapchat and different things and put this message out? And we did. And the empirical evidence, Frank, was that within two weeks, you started seeing more and more youth wearing masks. I was amazed. I was like, wow. I said on one of the calls, I was like, wow, this is like almost like social engineering. Whatever message we want to get across, yes. if, we, if we get this person to deliver our message, then we can shape people's minds and behaviors and mm-hmm. decisions. And I said, man, I said, you know, that's kind of dangerous if you get that in the wrong hands, because if they're going to listen to this person here and they're going to make their choices based on what this person says and does, that's a lot of power. And in the hands of human beings, especially, let's just be honest, in theology with the total depravity of man, that's dangerous. But, you know, it did accomplish, it was kind of like the end justifies the means because we would go out from time to time to give out masks and everybody had a mask on. So that was like not a problem. And it, it caused me then to sit down with my children and just have a conversation with them about that, about, yeah, you know, you're getting things from there, but you got to check the source. And I said, even daddy checks the source. I watched the news to maybe get the weather. I watch the beginning, you know, for a little bit for things here and there. But even when I watch it, whatever channel I watch, I try to keep in the back of my mind that there's an agenda behind this. Yes. You know, I got to like be cognizant of that there's an agenda and that I have to be aware that this agenda is trying to shape my behavior. And I have to be wary of what I'm listening to and how it's affecting me. And just being aware of like how that's shaping or influencing my behavior. And especially after I saw that we did that, I think we started the second week of April. We had, you know, certain people were putting a message out for us. And literally before the end of April, everybody was wearing a mask. Because mm-hmm. I thought to myself, man, imagine if we got fill in the blank with this person to give the gospel of the kingdom. Then would <laughs> they with that? Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is the press, the media, whatever shape or form, whatever journal, whatever online outlet, whatever TV station Mm -hmm. or network, all of it is part of the world system. 
Yes, it is. And the agenda is not the gospel of the kingdom. The agenda is not Jesus Christ, although both sides, the conservative right and the progressive left, and their politicians will always pull the Jesus card to support their particular agenda. But the agenda is not the gospel of the kingdom. And it's so difficult to get this across to God's people, whether they be 20s, 30s. We have a lot, a lot of 20s and 30s who listen to this podcast, by the way, or their 40s or their 50s or on up. It is so difficult to get this message across. Right now, we're living in a time where the spotlight in the world, especially in the United States, is being put on some horrific tragedies and injustices in the legal and judicial system. But many people are using that horrible tragedy and those injustices to push an agenda. And it's all about control. It's all about controlling the narrative, trying to push a certain narrative on you, on me, and on everyone else. And the whole goal is the grabbing of power. Let me just say this to everyone listening. The world system has an agenda. Yes. The left has an agenda. The right has an agenda. Fox News has an agenda. CNN and MSNBC has an agenda. The Huffington Post, the New York Times, the New York Post, the Washington Post, and every other online or print magazine you can think of has an agenda. The celebrities you watch on Instagram have an agenda. They're trying to control your emotions, and they're doing a darn good job. And I would say to every follower of Jesus Christ, Shake off the control of this world. Jeffrey, I will admit that I have an agenda too. And that agenda is the gospel of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's my agenda. Now, you talked about this in previous episodes. People, both on the left and on the right, many of them are trying to force you to take a side. Yes. There's incredible pressure for you to take a side. And they're only giving you two sides to choose from. Yes. Well, I've taken a side, brother, and I believe you've taken a side. I'm on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And his gospel and his kingdom. And I'm not on the side of the left or the right. And here's a thought. Right now, in this moment, we live in a cancellation culture. TV shows are being canceled. Movies are being canceled. Well, how about... (laughs) You who are listening, we have anybody left. (laughs) How about you cancel your subscription to the world system? Amen. Amen. How about you turn off the news for a while? How about you turn off social media for a while? Or if you do use it, how about doing the 15-day challenge Mm. that we talked about in a previous episode of this podcast, where you're using your social media microphone not to push an agenda or side with an agenda, but you're using it to proclaim and share the gospel of the kingdom and spread the insurgents. Amen. Now, there's a thought. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Amen. And we live in a removal culture. We mm. got statues being removed. We got monuments being removed. How about you remove yourself from the narratives of the world system? Amen. And immerse yourself in the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. One of the things where you said there was uh, it, it reminded me of Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 14. When Joshua was near Jericho, 
he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. Mm -hmm. I have come as commander of the Lord's army. Yeah, I'm on the Lord's side. And, you know, Frank, I've been really thinking about this. I watch my tendencies. You know, I told you before I was in the army and I was army intelligence analyst. And I know that's an oxymoron. And if you're in the military, don't take that offensively. I said it with a smile on my face. <laughs> and so what I learned there a lot is probably as close to like what you might call profiling. And so I would profile myself and I would even watch myself to see, even when I did turn on the news, like what channel did I turn to first? You know, just out of reflex. When I watch it, I remember one day, I think it was last year, and this scripture came to my mind, and I went and looked it up. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 16 through 17, you know, Solomon says, When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the labor that is done on earth, people getting no sleep day or night, then I saw all that God has done. And he says, no one can comprehend what goes on under the sun. People toil to search it out, but no one can discover its meaning. And then my part in that was like I wrote, even if the wise claim they know, they cannot really comprehend it. What I notice on a lot of those shows and it's entertainment is that the people on them, whether it's MSNBC, CNN, Fox, you know, the newspapers that you, you read off, they claim to have the final answers to the deep problems that are happening in our lives. And I think that for them to really think that they have the final answers to that and act as if they know, they have to be under some type of delusion because they don't know. They know their part of how it fits their agenda. Yeah. So to get back to even another thing, because you said earlier in your riff, you said it's to get power. And it was either John Locke or Robert Locke, you know, somebody looking up on the internet, a political philosopher from the 1700s. And his definition of politics was that politics is the strategy. It's the strategy to obtain the power to determine how wealth is created and then disseminated, distributed in a society. Politics is the strategy to get the power, the authority, to be able to how wealth gets created and how it gets distributed. So at the end of the day, it's all about how we get the power to get our agenda in place so that we can determine how wealth is created and then who gets that wealth in a society. And so that's one of the main agendas, you know, behind all that. I mean, if you just look at it, you know, I, I also, and I'm in my riff here, you know, I used to love this show back in the 70s called The Rockford Files, you know, with James Garner. So I watched The Rockford Files on like on a station where there's no commercials. And what I noticed is that those shows in the 70s, they ran like 53, 54 minutes long because there's no commercials. And then I would watch an hour show today on those same channels and they run like 42 minutes long because there's more commercials. And so there's more money to be made off the show. And I was watching an interview a couple years ago with the guy who played the character of Al Bundy in uh, that TV show that was on Fox. I forget the name of it. Anyhow, he was he was saying how they had a famous guest star actor. You know, he's messing up some lines and doing certain things. And the guy told him, he said, hey, listen, we're just here to sell the commercials. 
don't worry about your quality of acting. As long as the ratings are high and they sell the commercials, then you'll always be going. And so this guy who played the Al Bundy character, and you can look it up, the interview, it's on YouTube. He said, that, I think they went like 12 seasons. And he said after the seventh or eighth season, they were just kind of like, they ran out of like creativity. They were just, you know, making up stuff, but it was a moneymaker. And so at the end of the day, you know, it's all about whose agenda gets in place to make money. And so the biggest thing for me, and I think us as insurgents and the gospel of the kingdom of God is Satan's greatest weapon is distraction. And we get distracted and then it causes division in the body. And, you know, the enemy knows that when that body is one, you know, Jesus said it in John 17, Father, I gave them the glory that you gave me. Why? So that they could be one and then the world would know that you sent me. So I think mm. our, our greatest evangel evangelical tool is the oneness that we have. And Paul tells the church at Ephesus, I think it's chapter four, verse one, keep the unity you already have. And we have to persevere to keep that unity. Regarding news, the power to shape minds and to suck a human being into their emotions is incredible. It's just enormous. An insurgent who really understands what the world system is and how both the political system is part of the world system, and we've covered that in many episodes in this podcast as well as in the book, we understand that kingdoms, nation states, empires yes. are all part of Satan's kingdom. He offered Jesus control over those powers. Amen. If you remember, in the wilderness. But Jesus... And probably Satan himself knew that their time and knows that their time is limited. Yeah. And so I can watch any news source. I can sit down and watch CNN. I can sit down and watch MSNBC. I can sit down and watch Fox News. I could read the New York Times online or the Wall Street Journal or you name it. Or I can listen to a celebrity. Brother, I have never gotten angry. I've just never gotten angry. Now, that doesn't mean that um, I glow in the dark or that I wear a halo, <laughs> but I'd see they all have an agenda. Yeah, amen. You know? Yeah. And what's fascinating to me is that when I watch it, I'm looking at the world system in living color, right? Mm -hmm. I keep thinking back to that movie, The Matrix. We are in a matrix. The world system is the matrix, and to be out of it is to be in the kingdom, is to live in the kingdom. But we can have eyes to see how the matrix operates. But what I see is that so many Christians get sucked into these narratives and pick a side. And it's not the side of the gospel of the kingdom. No. So few even talk about it. I'm not saying that nobody listening to this should ever watch the news. But if you can't watch the news without getting sucked into the narrative, and my observation is many people can't, they cannot consume news without being swayed by the agenda. If that's you, you should turn it off. Amen. And if you do watch it or read it, limit yourself. Amen. Limit yourself. Here's the fact. God is not a capitalist. He's not a libertarian. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's not a socialist. He's not a communist. And any other name that human beings have created to force a certain kind of world mm. of their own making onto other people. It's all about procuring power. Yes. And God is often brought into it 
And I believe, Jeffrey, when a politician invokes God or invokes Jesus to try to garner votes, very often they're breaking the third commandment, which is to take his name in vain. Wow. Because they're using it to push a human agenda. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, you know, so many Christians spend all of their lives hating, fighting, bickering, arguing, even cursing one another because they didn't vote for the, quote, right person. Yeah. As if voting for the right person or right party is going to save us from our biblical fate. It's <laughs> absolute arrogance. But this yeah. is our programming. Yeah. You know, the goal that stands behind all of this is the grabbing of power to force other people to bend to our convictions. And that's the programming. Yes. And Jesus Christ comes along and he topples over the progressive left uh, okay. and the conservative right. He will not be part of either. He has his own side, yes. right? And he's taking charge of that side. And he's calling those who really mean business with him, who really mm -hmm. want to follow him, to proclaim that gospel, Hallelujah. which will not fit in any of the agendas or any of the media outlets that we have discussed in this episode. Thank you. Amen. Because you said a, a few things there that I was like, wow, I never heard it like that before. But in the book, Insurgents, what I love is you do a compare and contrast between like how Satan rules his kingdom and how... The kingdom of God is. And what I love about the kingdom of God is you ask this question, X amount of angels or whatever left their first estate, but why did the other ones stay? Why did they stay? And you say, because God rules by his glory, and then they're captured by his glory, and then he reminds us of his grace, and then he just says, follow me. And he doesn't force you, you know, mm -hmm. but if I'm captured by his glory and I remember his grace, and then I want to follow him. But then you brought out how Satan rules his kingdom through manipulation, mm. through fear, yeah. and appealing to your own self-interest. And so, like you said, when I'm watching those shows, like I'm cognizant of that. I love what you said. It's to bend your will to their agenda. That's manipulation. That's really almost witchcraft when you're manipulating someone else's will. It's the world system. And yeah, amen. We have to cut it remove it, take it down, tear it down, remove it out, you know, allow the, the Lord to just point with that finger to specific areas and let him deal with us as he, you know, decides to deal with us. It reminds me of what Moses said to Pharaoh, you know, let my people go so that they can go worship the Lord. Go worship him. Amen. To come right back to a point I made early on in this episode, you cannot serve two masters. And I think many Christians have in their minds that, yes, you can. You can serve Jesus, and then you can give your allegiance to all these other things. In the book, Insurgents Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, on page 166, and the chapter heading is, A People for the Lord. You know, it just reads, God is after a people whom he can possess completely a people of the kingdom. And then you quote Titus chapter 2, 14. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people. You know, you say the Lord is after people who are solely his, a people marked by undying devotion to Christ and his unshakable kingdom. A people who will go on with Jesus, be it rain or shine, death or life, ups or downs, 
joy or sorrow, pleasure or pain, fire, blood, heaven, and hell. When I sit back in retrospect and kind of look, I can see, and I said in an earlier podcast, there were seasons in my life when I was just profusely in the conservative right. And there were seasons in my life where I was profusely in the progressive left. And I saw the flaws in both areas, and I had to cherry pick scriptures on either side to justify you know, my feeling that way. But when I began to be exposed to the gospel of the kingdom of God, and just really by the grace of God, the illumination of that, I had to sever ties you know, with both of those sides of that. And like I said, just really, really be aware of what I'm taking in and how it's affecting the way I think, my behavior, and my choices. And it's like the more and more the Lord gains of your heart, the more and more, you know, you can see that. And you're right. It's like that movie, The Matrix. It really, really is. And it's scary. It's scary when you you see the influence that that has on the world, but then even on the people of God. You know, I love I love reading T. A. Sparks, and I thank God you were the one to turn me on to him. One hundred uh, greatest books on the uh, website, and uh, Sparks he talked about how everything has to be weighed when it's a decision or a direction. It has to be weighed on: is it moving towards the eternal purpose of God, or is yes. it not moving to the eternal yes. purpose? And if it's moving to the eternal purpose of God, then amen, somebody. But if it's not moving towards the eternal purpose of God, then no amen, somebody. You know, <laughs> and I, I, I like how Sparks breaks that down like that. For those of you that are insurgents, you can look up T.A. Sparks. He wrote an article called The Danger of Coming Short. I just want to read a couple sentences from that. He says, for those who like the New Testament writers have a real burden and sense of responsibility for the spiritual life of God's people, one of the most heartbreaking things is the way in which so many who gave promise of going on right with the Lord are caught in some sidetrack and turned to something other or less than he meant for them. He says, not necessarily to sin or to the world, but to something which, while it brings them a great deal of gratification for a time, eventually proves to be a diversion resulting in an arrested spiritual growth and they are found in a backwater, a cul-de-sac occupied with an alternative to the whole counsel of God. So my prayer is that we as the, as the body of Jesus Christ, people of the kingdom of God, would encourage one another while it's still day and be aware of these other things that try to shape our behavior, our decisions, our character that are not from the kingdom of God. And I just pray that we together can just grow in the knowledge, love, and grace of the Lord Jesus. And these things that are happening in the world right now, COVID-19, the protests, you know, from uh, George Floyd's, and I'll just be like perfectly frank, I'm an African-American male, if you will, but a person of the kingdom of God, you know, that hits me a certain way. But let's not let any of these things that occur divide us in the body of Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, let's take that wise counsel from Brother Sparks and say, mm -hmm. if this moves me towards the eternal purpose of God, 
then I'm going in that direction. But if it moves me away from the eternal purpose of God, then I'm repenting and turning away from that. And that's my last shout out there. Yeah, until January 2021, those of you who are listening in the year 2020, I want to edit one thing I said. It is true that I can watch any network news. I can look at people on social media, pontificate about their political view. It doesn't move me emotionally at all. I don't get angry or upset. Sometimes I get sad (laughs) that they're not talking about the gospel of the kingdom when it comes to Christians. But there was one time where I did watch news and it infuriated me internally. And that's when I saw the video of that police officer putting his neck on George Floyd. And we watched Mm -hmm. a man die before our eyes and all of the people in the crowd pleading, begging, and the police officers who were around just watching it, letting it happen. That did make me very angry. I had to fight off some very non-Christian thoughts uh, toward that particular officer and managed to get over it. But I can't even come up with an adjective to describe the horror of that scene. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I stand by my challenge to limit your news and whatever you do with it, Uh, whatever sources it comes to you from, for heaven's sake, don't get sucked into the agendas. The only agenda we ought to get sucked into and we ought to be consumed with is that of the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Just want to come around and remind everyone we are going to take a six-month sabbatical. The next episode, God willing, of the Insurgents podcast will be released in January 2021. Please do not unsubscribe. Amen. We encourage you to listen to all previous 74 episodes because, again, they all build on each other and interweave. Re-engage some of the episodes that really struck a chord in your heart. We would appreciate it if you recommended the podcast to your friends so they, too, can benefit. And head over to the Christ is All podcast. There are over 125 episodes there. If you enjoy the Insurgents podcast, you'll enjoy that one as well. On the Christ is All podcast? You know, during this six months, just a suggestion, go watch the movie, pull it up on YouTube or something called Vantage Point, and then go on the Christ is All podcast and go listen to uh, the messages that the Lord gave Brother Frankie V on uh, Vantage Point. I just think that the correlation that he's made between those, uh, the movie and, and the message as it goes with the eternal purpose of the Lord is just, it's a, it's a great message. Secondly, on that Crisis All podcast, my favorite all time is uh, the series on Colossians, just really going into the book of Colossians. It's really awesome. Lastly, I want to say this. I'm Denzel, amen, on the podcast. (laughs) So, you know, I came in with a Denzel quote on this episode. I want to leave on a Denzel quote. In these six months, while you're feeding on the other 74 episodes and and the crisis all been the book insurgents. I don't want you to beat up on yourself. So this quote right here that Denzel Washington said, catch this insurgents, fall forward, fall forward. Here's what I mean. Reggie Jackson struck out 2,600 times in his career, the most in the history of baseball, but you don't hear about Reggie strikeouts. You remember the home runs and especially the three home runs he hit in the World Series. Did you know that? I didn't know that either. Also, fall forward. Thomas Edison conducted 
1,000 failed experiments because number 1,001 was the light bulb. So fall forward. Every failed experiment is one step closer to success. I love you guys and looking forward to chopping it up with Brother Frankie V in six months and being with y'all again. Amen. Me too, brother. Well, y'all take care. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.